Hello, everybody. Welcome in once again to another GiantBomb.com video game review, where it's time to review video games. Brad Shoemaker. Oh, video games. That's right. I it's, love this. It's time to talk about the video games. Okay. Uh, Can do. It's critical analysis time. Mm, Put my hat on. Yes. And joining us from across the nation uh, to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2 is Alex Navarro. Alex, how's it going? It's going good. I'm going to put my uh, my critics hood on here. We're just going to we're yeah. going to make this so I can do criticism now. Okay. That's right. Okay, yeah. Hood up, ready to critique and oh, yeah. go. Have you slept no. in the last right. week? Oh yeah. Uh we've had this game for what? Probably like 9 or 10 days now and uh while this is an exhaustively long game uh with a great deal of content in it, uh I think I'm I did a little better of managing both my time and my sleep schedule on this one. Nice. Yeah, that's uh I, I've seen People talk anywhere from like 40 to 70 plus and all. It seems like a, the sort of game that depending on how deep into the side stuff you get, you could uh, you could really lose a lot of time here. Definitely. Uh, I think some of the quotes going around were something like Rockstar saying there was like 60 hours just in the main campaign. And I'd say that's not too far off the truth. I mean, if you're probably wrapping up some of those stranger missions and other things into that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start at the start here. Uh, Red Dead Two. It's a it's a prequel, right? Yes. It takes place in 1899 uh, during the heady days of the Dutch Vanderland game. Which, if you played the original Red Dead Redemption, you would know that is the gang that uh, John Marston and uh, Bill Williamson originated from. Uh, and this is a story about that gang and their sort of the latter days of the outlaw uh, in the increasingly uh, industrialized America. Yeah, and uh, so you you take the role of Arthur Morgan uh, in this yes. game. What what's uh, wh who is Arthur? Arthur is essentially the right hand man of the gang. He is the dude uh, who, at least at the outset, uh, has the the most you know, has the ear of Dutch. Uh, he is the sort of the, the person who is relied upon to get the most done for the gang. He is uh, a lovable, salty old, like, you know, fucking Longmire dad that is just, you know, every every single word that comes out of his mouth sounds like it has, like, at least a little chaw spittle coming out with it. Uh, and you know what? He's actually a pretty great character. Uh, I found John Marston enjoyable if sometimes abrasive in the last game and i think there is a similar flavor here that is a little more dad-like in nature hmm. uh you know a guy who is definitely treats his gang and his people very much as sort of like his wards his people that he is responsible for in much the way that dutch does okay so how um, i don't know you know we i guess we don't necessarily want to just like walk right through every story beat or anything like this sure. but like I mean, the the game opens with, like, something has gone wrong for the gang in Blackwater. They're on the run. They're on the move. Uh, and, you know, like, where does the story, like, can you can you kind of talk through the story? Like, like what, are you, what are you doing? What is the goal yeah. here? So at the, at the very beginning, the goal is just get your people to a place where they can survive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the job that has gone wrong has the Pinkertons and other various law enforcement entities after them. You start out in the mountains, uh, which are sort of the stand-in for the Rocky Mountains, the Grizzlies, as they're called. Uh, and there you are just, you know, you are holed up inside, you know, an old abandoned shack. You are just kind of trying to set up a basic camp. Just, you know, you're, you're, as, it, as it tutorializes, it kind of just puts you through the basic paces of things like hunting, shooting, all the stuff that you would kind of expect. Uh, 
and just sort of tries to onboard you uh, alongside them, sort of trying to figure out where they're going and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so a great deal of the game is about managing your camp, not necessarily in like granular detail, but it is about sort of the personalities of the gang. It is about the campsite as a home base and a place where people sort of congregate and exist. Uh, and it is probably my favorite part of the game is the camp stuff in the sense that it is it feels like a community. It feels like a place where personalities exist and people are sort of living actual lives apart from what the player is doing. Like mm. it's definitely a place where you will find missions. It is a place where you will, you know, kind of get direction for where you're going to go next in the game. But it's also a place where you just kind of sit around the campfire and listen to people tell stories that are completely irrespective of what's going on in the main plot or, you know, singing songs of celebration after something cool happens to them and, you know, they're, they're having a good time and you can just kind of participate in that stuff as you like. There are also chores and things that like need to be managed alongside the camp, but it's not as detailed as it maybe it necessarily presents itself as. It's not like you have to constantly go out hunting for the camp. You have to constantly go out doing stuff. A lot of the times, the things you will eventually provide to the camp just come by nature of doing the missions in the game and just kind of going through the upgrade tree for the for the camp itself. After a while, it kind of just sort of becomes its own self-sustaining entity. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, the, the early parts of that game, from from the looks of things, yeah, it, as it introduces you to hunting and, like, tithing to the gang and all this other stuff, it, it really looks like... Th this game seems like it is, like, just drenched in systems. Meters. Yeah, and, and on it top is. of that, I would say it seemed like going in, there was the potential for maybe a lot of busy work. Yes. A, a lot of... Um, a lot of upkeep, a lot of maintenance with, with hunger I, and with having to pay for things and, and so forth. Like, I guess the big question for people who maybe feel like they might be turned off by that stuff is, is how optional is it? It sounds like somewhat optional. Yeah, some stuff is, some stuff isn't. Like, I think it's maybe been slightly overstated exactly how important a lot of that stuff is. Like, you will have to do things like feed Arthur to make sure that, uh, you know, his his three core stats, which we'll get into in a second, uh, are are at a place where they need to be. Uh, you do have to do things like clean guns and, you know, hunting, getting the right kinds of pelts and things like that uh, help sort of like give you upgraded gear over time and can also help you like, you know, sort of redecorate and, and upgrade the camp. But a lot of that stuff is very optional. Uh, you know, I'd say the Arthur upkeep is maybe the one thing that isn't, but that isn't like a huge undertaking. It's just about making sure that you have food and, you know, uh, tonics that you can use both in battle and just sort of when you're going from place to place. Uh, and likewise that you can use to take care of your horse. But a lot of the hunting stuff I found outside of like specific missions to be very optional. I did not do a lot of it past a certain point when I felt like I had to camp to a point where I didn't need to keep donating stuff to it. Uh, and likewise, many of these other systems, they're there and you can engage with them kind of to the degree that you want outside of like missions that require it. Okay. It seems like this is a very large world, you know, a, a big world in the Wild West, like a lot of open vistas, like, you know, you see a lot of gameplay clips and stuff like that you look at it and go like man there's just a whole lot of nothing around here but like is, is there a lot going on i know they've talked up the idea of like hey the the world's gonna be alive you're gonna encounter a lot of stuff like how does that feel it is i mean it is an enormous world and large sections of it do feel very empty in the way that you would expect open country in the united states to feel that said like there are people around there are you know you will come into other horse riders you will you occasionally wander past people that just sort of like need your help in a very short way uh, as you were going. Uh, but, you know, there's tons of open country where all you're doing is just kind of maybe, you know, holding down that cinematic camera button and just letting the horse ride for you 
which it will do as long as you set a waypoint on the map. It will just follow the path to it, and you can just watch Arthur ride his to, to his heart's content anywhere <laughs> he wants to go. And that is very much the pace of this game. It is, it is the, the notion of it is this world is enormous. It's going to take you a while to get around here. Drink it in. You know, absorb it. Let that sort of slowness kind of guide you as opposed to trying to fight your way past it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like, but, a, you know, like a GTA, you know, is a, is a reference point and even Red Dead previously, like fast travel is not a thing that they necessarily provide in, in the in the easy access way that a lot of other open world games do. It's always like contextualized and stuff like that. But it sounds like what you're saying is you, you really want to kind of drink this thing in and not yeah. fast travel. Like there are options for that. I mean, there's there's trains, there's stagecoaches, but they're all in the towns, and you right. know they okay. can take you to other towns if you want to go there. And likewise, after one of the upgrades you can get in the camp is a map that you can use from the camp to get any any to any like populated area in the game. But like when you're just out in the wilderness, there's no fast travel, like immediate fast travel to this place from there. Right. Like you kind of have to find your way back to a town or a city or the camp uh, before you can do that again. Hmm. But I also very rarely felt the pull to want to do that outside of like some very like I need to get to the other side of the map situations. Right. Uh, I enjoyed the process of just kind of, you know, trotting my way through this world uh, kind of as I went and just sort of like enjoyed seeing what kind of cropped up as I went along. You know, sometimes it would be nothing. Sometimes it would be a passerby that needed some help. Sometimes there'd be a stagecoach that I wanted to rob. You know, there, there was just stuff would occasionally present itself and sometimes it just wouldn't. And, and that's stuff that, uh, you know, Red Dead did in a, in a smaller scale last time. I know, like, people talked that maybe some of that stuff got a little repetitive uh, by yes. the end of the game. Do you, how do you feel about the variety of kind of, like, random encounters? Uh, was, there, was there stuff you were seeing multiple times over the course of the game? Like, oh, I, here's the ninth guy with a snake bite I've seen, or, or, or something like that? Or does it really feel like a, a good amount of variety? I can only think off the top of my head of one small side you know sort of like help a person mission that repeated itself and that felt more like a bug than it did like oh this just repeats itself mm -hmm. like it seemed like it just maybe didn't catch that i had completed that the first time around and then sort of populated it again mm. uh that to me is maybe like the thing that it would be considered this game's greatest achievement is that almost nothing in this game feels like it has been copy pasted from something else uh, even the smallest interactions with random characters in the game have their own little tiny micro story in them. Even if it's something as simple as finding a guy on the side of the road that got bit by a snake and you got to suck the poison out. You know, it's done in a minute. And then, you know, that's the end of that. You won't see another person that has that exact problem. They will have other problems that you need to solve. Like, you know, a couple of guys broke free of a chain gang and need to shoot their chains off. You know, stuff like, but there's a bunch of dip little individual ones of those that are not the same thing in a different area. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, feels like what they clearly spent the most time on, other than just, you know, building a world where every fucking tree rustles in a way that is realistic. Like, they have taken the time to configure each of those, you know, th those stranger missions, those those stagecoaches, those train robberies, all the, like, anything that has, like, an actual icon on the map or a specific interaction feels like its own thing, even if it is, like, of a type, it is not just the same thing again. Uh, so getting back to some of the story and, and writing, you mentioned the Stranger Missions, which in the previous Red Dead were where a lot of the more odd and kind of surreal stories were housed. Yes. Uh, how do you feel and about those here? 
I mean, I'd say that is true here as well. You know, one of my things with this game is that I think a large part of the campaign is great. And I think especially with regards to the core story of the gang of Arthur and just sort of all the personalities contained therein, uh, I think a lot of that stuff works really well. More in the margins where like the stranger missions are and, you know, where some of the the characters that only play into specific portions of the main campaign come to, come to light, that stuff's a lot more uneven. Some of it's great. Like, some of it's very funny. Some of it's, you know, kind of off the wall and weird. And some of it just doesn't play at all. You know, some of it is is just like, you know, tonally, it just it, it just doesn't work for one reason or another. You know, like, I can think of, like, like two examples. One, there is a scientist you meet who is sort of like a Balkan version of Dr. Frankenstein. Hmm. Uh, and he is pretty funny and enjoyable to be around. And his mission is just kind of a silly little lark that's fun. And then there's another scientist character that you do some stuff for who has invented the electric chair and your mission is to go find a bounty target so that he can electrocute them for fun and profit. That maybe doesn't play quite as well to me. That sounds like wacky fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there, like I said, there, there are a great number of story moments in this game that I liked a lot. And some of those are very much in the stranger missions and the side areas of that stuff. Uh, but there, like I'd say there was also as many stranger missions. Where I was just kind of like, eh, or hmm. Okay. And then, so getting back to the main plot again, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully we can address this point without getting into too many specifics. But so yes. it, it is a prequel. And yes. I feel like the... Inherent downside of all prequels is that you know what's going to happen. So yes. I guess I guess the the real question for me is just, you know, as a standalone story, how satisfying is this? Does it help recontextualize the first game at all? Does it feel like uh, uh, does it does it feel like it justifies its existence as a story with an ending that you kind of already know? And also, I guess I would I would add to that: Does it stand alone in a way that if you didn't play the previous Red Dead, do you think it still works? Uh, yes and yes to both of those, and I'll, I'll elaborate. Uh, I can't fully elaborate because there are aspects of the story that uh, play out toward the end that I would definitely not want to spoil for anyone. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it, it, the obvious thing is John Marston is in your gang. You know, Bill Williamson is there right alongside you. Like, those characters that you remember from the first game are there, and you're kind of getting a sense of who they were before the events of that game. It does not, uh, up until a certain point, it does not really lean on that in a way where it's constantly nudging and winking at you, being like, hey, remember this thing? Here's that thing. You know, it's not doing a lot of that for a long time in that game. Um, As a standalone story, I think it absolutely works because I think Arthur Morgan is a character that works on his own. Uh, Dutch Vanderlyn is a character that works on his own. A lot of the principal players in the story, like Sadie Adler and Charles, who are two of the the primary gang members, uh, are both really interesting personalities in their own right. And they're like the interactions between all those people. Even if you didn't have never played the original Red Dead, that stuff is still incredibly compelling. Um, you know, as a prequel and as the in terms of how it ties itself together, it does I think the best it can with the understanding that what will take place is a foregone conclusion. You know that there's no happy ending for the Dutch Vanderlyn gang because the first game couldn't exist if that were true. But the way that it frames that stuff, the way that it pieces it all together, I think works in a way that one works as a standalone story and two does the fan service thing without being overly obnoxious about it uh, up to a point. Mm. How much control do you have over that story? I mean, obviously, th- this game has a a dialogue system to it that uh, works a little differently. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, there are plenty of action-adventure games that let you have dialogue trees and all this other stuff, but the Red Dead's is is pretty different. Uh, is a pretty different way of accomplishing that goal, I guess. 
how do you feel about the this player agency in terms of just like hey you can talk to these people does it feel like a, a valid way to solve problems instead of just like well i'm just gonna eventually gonna shoot all these guys or what yeah i mean the the whole like you know are you a, a good cowboy or a bad cowboy system in the first game wasn't really anything like it was there and we kind of you know supposedly it kind of played into certain aspects of the game but it never really felt like it had like a huge impact on mm. how that story played out uh here it's a I, I feel like the moral choices have like a little more impact like there are some there are some big ones and there are a lot of little ones and those little ones seem like they, you know, they will manifest uh, in in areas of the story that don't necessarily like result in any major sea change in how the plot is going to play out. But you know, some of the bigger ones feel like, oh, there's like, you know, there's there's some meaning behind this, and like what you are choosing ultimately, you know, kind of determines like what kind of character Arthur is. Um, I will say that there is a, you know, there's a thread of morality kind of going through this gang. Like, their whole thing, at least at the outset, is we don't just rob random people for no reason. Like, we're not out here, like, causing chaos to cause chaos. We rob the robbers. We rob the rustlers. We're out here, you know, kind of fucking with the people who are already fucking with society. And to me, like, you know, when if you are playing this game as the true outlaw and just robbing people blind and being a huge asshole... Uh, it kind of runs a little counter to the storytelling at times because it feels very much like they want Arthur to sort of be the moral center of a lot of this. Mm. Uh, but that said, you know, the it's subtle enough to where it doesn't feel like, even if you are playing as like a big old asshole, it doesn't feel like it's completely out of line. It just it just doesn't it doesn't truck with what the game is saying you are versus what you you are playing. Sure, certainly not the first time that a Rockstar game is has done that um and but uh, you know how do you feel about even just like the individual like the the way it controls even for for some of these interactions of like you're kind of using the same button you would use to aim a gun to like target people and then oh i'm either going to draw my gun or talk to them uh and and get some dialogue options there how do you feel that that stuff pans out does it feel like the does it feel like a good way to make different choices uh and, and all that sort of stuff I mean, I, I think so, you know, the the number of, like, meaningful interactions in the game is ultimately probably dwarfed by the number of people you can just either greet or antagonize. Right. Uh, you know, and those options essentially boil down to, do I want to mess with this person, do I want to rob them, or do I want to just say, hey, and walk on? You know, and that, like, a lot of characters in this game are just that. But, you know, anyone that sort of has a little bit of personality or sort of, like, engages with Arthur in a more meaningful way... It doesn't always result in anything, but, you know, there are times when, like, I, I helped a random person on the side of the road, and then, like, 35 hours later, I found them in a town. They're like, hey, you're the guy who helped me out. Hey, go buy a gun for free. It's on me. Go for it. Free guns. Nothing free wrong guns. with that. Yeah. Free guns. Um, talk to me about the rest of the control. It seems, uh, you know, from looking at control sheets and stuff like that, doesn't seem like it's dramatically different from Rockstar's previous games. Uh, how, do, how do you feel <laughs> no. about the way Arthur moves? I mean, everything in this game is paced probably a little bit slower than you would expect. You know, uh, the way every character moves kind of swaggers through the world, the way that the number of animations that you have to engage with for like skinning, just opening drawers, doing random things like it's you. There's an animation for that. They don't they don't they don't like just try to like skip over any of that. It's just there. And you have to kind of deal with that. Uh, I didn't mind it after a while. Like initially, I definitely was like trying to power through in a way that the game was not 
really built for. Right. Uh, and I started to kind of learn to just sort of work at its pace, and I kind of got used to that. There are aspects of the controls that don't feel great. Uh, you know, moving in and out of cover never really felt great to me. Uh, some of the horse control stuff, I mean, you are definitely controlling the person. You are not controlling the horse. And so, you know, sometimes the finickiness of trying to get the horse to do what you want does not feel great. Uh, but by and large, you know, I kind of learned to work with the the game feel as uh, kind of on its own terms. And, you know, 90% of the time, I feel like I got it to do what I wanted to do. Even those 10%. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I would say that other 10%, you know, could be very frustrating, especially in the middle of a firefight or other, you know, otherwise tense situation. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the time, I just kind of got used to it. Okay. Brad, you didn't have anything? Uh, he he kind of okay. filled in my question. Okay. Um, so how do you feel about, like, uh, if we can get back to some of that uh, atmosphere, you know, some, mm -hmm. some of the the westernness of it uh it seems like you know like like I, i've seen brad play some stuff that's a little deeper into the game than i've seen myself and it seems like you just got like a lot of vistas and and a lot of like it, you know I, at, at times i i thought about no man's sky in terms of like mm. you can play that game in a very slow way and just kind of take it in and i know you are a fan of that kind of slow pace of, of no man's sky in particular and, and yeah. what do you think about that do you think that lines up uh that comparison lines yeah. up at all i mean i think to a degree i mean the one thing about saying you know this is a uh you know a, a, an old western in the in the grand traditional sense like a lot of this game doesn't take place in the west like there's the there's the moments that are very much you know like in the mountains and whatever like it's a lot more you know, Rocky Mountains, Colorado kind of, like, uh, environments. But then you also get down into what is essentially, you know, an analog for Louisiana. Uh, hmm. And a large chunk of the game takes place, you know, both uh, in sort of the outskirts, uh, you know, kind of old Civil War battle areas and also, like, a big old city that is more or less New Orleans circa industrial age. Uh, and so there's, you know, there's actually a pretty decent amount of variance between environments and regions in that game, uh, the very few of which have anything to do with like you know the 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 strictly desert style of the last game, uh, but at least in terms of like you know experiencing the world that way through just kind of you know the the slow movement and just sort of a you know enjoyment of just kind of walking around and just uh, just kind of feeling everything, I think it definitely has that. Like I like I said, I spent a lot of time in this game just kind of riding from place to place, even when I didn't necessarily need to. Right. Uh, because I really liked just being around and doing stuff in this world. Um, you know, I mean, the enormity of it certainly helps, but I also think that it's just like, you know, it's beautiful. And it's, 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 it's not just, you know, the giant mountains and the, you know, the big plains in the background. It's just like walking through a little forest and just having like the mist and the light just kind of shining through as you're just kind of trudging along through the woods. Like just little, little moments like that that just catch your eye. And also your ear, because like the the soundtrack is fantastic. You know, it's it's understated when it needs to be. It's you know rip roaring when it wants to be. Mm -hmm. uh, it's dynamic, uh, and you know there's no less than three different, three or four different mu musical montages in this game. So, <laughs> including wow. one that that is sung by goddamn Willie Nelson. So there <laughs> wow. you go. Uh, huh. There's 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 they're doing a lot with the atmosphere in this game, and I think it's you know it, it succeeds far more than it doesn't. Let me let me ask to to have you expand on what Jeff asked in the context of the kind of survival systems in this game. Yeah. Like at, at first glance, this thing has uh, a number of mechanics to it that almost look like they're chasing like the YouTube kind of survival 
craze, you know, with, right. with, with hunger and your horse has a separate hunger meter and there's hot and cold. You have to worry about how your temperature and you will suffer penalties for not eating enough, for not wearing warm enough clothes, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think, do those things play into and support this feeling of like the sense of place and this feeling of being in the wilderness? Like, do those things work in tandem together in a, in a noticeable way? They work in much the same way going into a restaurant in a Yakuza game feels like. You know, it's like it feels like a little slice of the life you would have if you were in that environment, but it is not particularly important. It is not a thing that you you are constantly, you know, working with or against uh, as you are playing. Like the only thing that you would really have to spend the most time working on is just the three cores for Ar for Arthur and the two for the horse, which are... For Arthur, it's 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 health, it's stamina, and it's the dead eye uh, mechanic, and all that stuff levels up just as you're playing the game. Like there's no skill tree; it's not a system where you are constantly trying to build that out. It is just use, and you know there are certain things you can drink and 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 imbibe uh, that will give you greater XP or whatever. But that is that is pretty much it as far as that stuff goes. And a lot of that is just managed by making sure you have food, you have tonics, and you are good to go. That is pretty much the extent of that stuff. Similar to the horse. You know, it's the same food you would pick up anywhere else, only you're feeding the apple to the horse instead of yourself. Uh, you know, that stuff is there. You need to pay attention to it to a certain degree, but it is not constant. And, you know, when it comes to things like hunting uh, and, you know, the, the cold and uh, hot weather stuff, uh, you know, cleaning your guns, these are all very simple systems. So like, it, hunting is a little more complicated. I'll get to that in a second. But, like, cleaning your gun is just making sure you have gun oil, and when it gets too low... Just do the cleaning and you're done. Or go to a gunsmith and have, they'll do it for you instantly. Uh, you know, the hot and cold stuff is like, hey, are you going to the mountains? Bring a coat. If you're not going, to, if you're in the, the hotter areas, don't wear a coat. It is not anything overly complicated. It is just kind of there to add a little bit of flavor to the experience, but it is not uh, omnipresent. As far as, like, the hunting stuff goes, it is an elaborate system. Like, there's a lot you can do with it with, like, masking scents, tracking other scents, like, just the 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 sort of, like, hunter vision stuff, like, kind of how it all plays together. It can be very complicated, but again, a lot of that hunting stuff is very optional. If you want to go hunt the legendary animals, there's there are very few objectives that make you do that. Uh, you don't have to spend a lot of time going out and hunting animals unless you want to make sure you always have meat on hand, or otherwise you could just go to the butcher and buy stuff. Uh, it's really how much you want to put into it that ultimately determines what you'll get out of it. So I guess that's what I'm actually getting at. I'd like set aside the necessity of having to deal with that upkeep for a minute. And I'm asking more in the context of you saying that a lot of these spaces are kind of wide open and a little empty, that you're not always going to have a lot to do as you go from place to place. I guess what I'm asking is if those things, if you do want to engage with those things, if they act as like a, a, a satisfying supplement to traversing the world when when there isn't a lot of like authored content necessarily around i mean i think there's enough authored content around to where you will rarely feel like you are too far from anything uh but that said yes i mean i think those are things that you can definitely like hunting especially is something that you can definitely engage with in those wider open spaces uh if that's if that's to your desire but like for me, I barely touched it outside of like, you know, missions that required it and early on when I was just kind of trying to get as many resources as I could. There's a point in that game where the economy essentially just doesn't matter anymore. Like you get enough cash and you have enough like cash flow to essentially buy anything you would need. Uh, so it, like I said, it boils down to how much do you want to do that past the point of necessity. Okay. And then it sounds like that there's, you know, if, if you if you do want to do that, they've got systems in place for just like, hey, collect every horse. And, you know, yes. get a bunch of different outfits and stuff like that. 
yeah, there's tons of clothes. Uh, you know, there are, there are a variety of horses to to buy and and steal uh, throughout the game. They even have like a layer in there of like, hey, if you buy a horse, you can put them at these stables. But like, if you steal a horse, there you may have to pay more to put it there because you don't have papers for it. You know, there's 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 that element of it as well. Uh, but you know, like all that collect uh, collectible stuff, you know, the upgraded gear and all that stuff. Like I, it's there if you want it. You know, I've definitely bought Arthur a few outfits, but like I didn't spend a lot of time like making sure that I got every single piece of clothing or I got you know I I got access to every single horse. I was pretty happy to get a good horse and just stick with it. Hmm. Can you talk to me about the wanted uh, the uh, the the concept of being wanted and and you know it's sort of the how does that work? You commit a crime, the the wanted sign appears in the upper right corner, it'll drain out or not, or, you know, is there like a persistent, uh, I, I, I saw a trophy in there for like, hey, have a bounty of $250 across three different states and all that sort of stuff. Like, what is the nature of kind of the, like, police response in, in the game? And, and is it, do you find it hard to shake some of that stuff? Uh, or is it kind of easy to get out of trouble if you if you accidentally or deliberately get into it? It, early on, it's tougher because you don't necessarily have the money on hand to to pay any given bounty. So there were a couple of times when I tried to do some robberies inside a small town very early on in the game, and I realized was that the amount of money I would have to pay off to get that bounty off my head uh, was probably uh, way more than I would get from the actual robbery itself. So I ended up putting that off for a while uh, and just loading up a previous save uh, before going back to do that. But once you kind of get to that point where money isn't really an issue, uh, I would say that you generally, it's it's up to you. Like, how much chaos do you want to cause? You know, how much money do you want to spend to get that price off your head? Like, there are certain areas of the game based on story gating that just you just end up being wanted, dead or alive. Right, and then yeah. so you're going to be dealing with, you know, much more hostile law enforcement people. But in general, if you're just committing crimes around random towns, there will be a witness. Uh, you can either chase down the witness or multiple witnesses uh, and threaten them to to not turn you in. Uh, or if they do end up reporting you, then the, poli- the eventually the law enforcement will show up. Likewise, if you end up in a massacre somewhere uh, and you're just hanging around looting dudes, eventually the law will show up. So you probably can't just hang out there forever. And if the law catches you, that's what kind of or at least knows who you are and what you have done. That is when the bounty eventually gets put on your head. And obviously shooting law enforcement will cause that to go up precipitously. Uh, And so, you know, again, once you kind of get to that point with money where it doesn't really matter, you can cause whatever chaos you want and just pay it off. And it's, you just have to make your way to a post office without getting murdered uh, for that to go. And also if you commit a small crime and it's not like a big deal, you can just go to jail and then you just wake up the next day and you lose a little money. And I think Mm. that's pretty much it. Mm. Uh, And then, well, I guess like then my question for that is like, you know, do, does the clothing matter? If like you know, like are you put? Because you can you can put on a mask and kind of hide your identity. So does yes. it end up being a case of like oh, like almost like Hitman or something? Like this outfit is compromised, but they don't know it's Arthur Morgan. So if you change believe, clothes, you get away. Or like oh. I believe yes. Uh, if you change your appearance and your outfit uh, post crime, I think they are less likely to recognize you. Okay. I don't quote me a hundred percent on that because I I didn't spend a lot of time like being wanted. I usually right. just paid it off quick. Uh, but I believe that is how it is intended to work. Uh, and the mask, I mean, the, I can't tell you how many times I forgot to put on my damn mask. And then it was just like, wanted Arthur Morgan for all the murder. And it's like, oh, geez, I, I messed this up. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm a bad criminal. And so are they, which is, you know, it works out. Yeah. Um, what's, it sounds like there's a whole lot going on in this thing. Yeah. 
There is. There's a whole, like, this is an immense game. It is staggering in, in, in a lot of ways in terms of the scope and just the way that they make all these different systems and aspects kind of work together in a way. Like, one of the biggest, I, I think, generally speaking, like how we treat open world games especially, is like how well do the developers disguise the machinery going on underneath the surface? How natural does this world feel? How much does it feel like there is an existence happening here irrespective of what the player is doing and how much of it how much of that feels natural and real and i think this is probably one of the greatest accomplishments i've seen in that in terms of like making you feel like this world is doing its own thing under the hood without really seeing too many of the seams uh behind the scenes like there, there are bugs in the game certainly i i experienced a few the very few of them were very like game breaking though i've heard other you know like brad i know you've had a couple of issues and i think dan had a couple of bugs that were like quest problems um that stuff is definitely in there there's there's certainly jank but like for a game of that size and that scope to have what i consider to be as little jank as i experienced is pretty amazing i think if there is a failing in the game it is you know it is ultimately in the writing in places you know i think like i said i think the core story of arthur and the gang is largely very good. I think it executes on a lot of the the things it's trying to do pretty well. But, you know, around the margins, there there's weaker stuff. There's stuff that feels like it doesn't it, it either isn't that important, shouldn't be there, or just isn't well written. You know, there are quests like there's a, a later quest that that sort of deals with an indigenous tribe that is being screwed over by the American government. Uh, you know, in the first game, like indigenous people were more or less referred to and barely acknowledged beyond that. Yeah. Here they're trying to do more of a storyline that kind of intertwines with the gang, but it kind of is steeped in a little too much cliche and bullshit for my taste. Uh, you know, like for a game that is as intensely attentive to detail as it is in its rendering its world and its environment, it feels very much like this could have come from any sort of like white savior narrative that, you know, it came from any cowboy movie from the last 30 or 40 years. Like it's, it's not particularly inventive or worthwhile in a way that kind of bummed me out. Hmm. And likewise, you know, I'm just going to say there are multiple missions in this game where you are going up against wealthy industrialists or dictators that are working their people to death. And you are, you know, the hero taken down the bosses who are, you know, obviously evil because they're doing terrible things to their workers and maybe there's a degree of self-awareness there that just isn't present yeah it's you know yeah sometimes uh sometimes people have to work long hours to make things happen you know what are you gonna do clearly and you know <laughs> I, I don't want to labor too much on labor yeah. too much on this point but you know knowing what we know about you know kind of how this game came together and how it you know what what ultimately went on behind the scenes for the last what seven or eight years while they've been developing this thing right you know it's kind of hard to separate that stuff when you're playing it especially when you're seeing the sheer volume of animations of you know of environmental detail of just like every corner of the world feeling like kind of bespoke the way that it does it's it's kind of hard not to think about that stuff um and you know i'm not saying that like the game necessarily suffers because of it because i mean again Ultimately, th that labor turned out something that I think is pretty incredible. But, you know, it, I'm not going to sit here and say I wasn't thinking about that stuff the entire time I was playing it. And it didn't, sure. like, necessarily color some of my perceptions of that game. So I guess, like, the, last time we had you in here, we were talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. 
And one of the things you said there was that the game didn't necessarily like feel like it was respecting the player's time. Right. Um, how do you feel about Red Dead when it comes to the player's time? You, you, you mentioned about like just kind of the slowness of some animations and some of this other stuff that, you know, maybe could have been done a little differently. But also it sounds like some of this side content hits or plenty of it hits. Some of it doesn't. How do you feel that it kind of threads that same needle? I think it's better. Um, not, you know, like, again, the slowness of the game, I think is going to be off-putting to some people, like just flat out. I think they just won't like the way that the game makes you kind of labor through everything. Uh, they, you know, compared compared to like something like Odyssey, where you are move, moving at full speed through that world most of the time. You right. know, you're climbing over everything. You are just sort of running roughshod, more or less. This is not that. Yeah. Uh, but that said, my problem with Odyssey more had to do with the fact that it felt like they had a good 30 or 40 hour game there and they made it an 80 hour one. Uh, there was just too much of the same stuff, too much of the stuff that also was the same in Origins. Right, and right, right. And it just didn't, it didn't feel like it justified its length in a way that like was compelling enough to me in the end, uh, especially with how that, that main campaign and main story was kind of paced out. Here, like, there are scattered hours that I think are not as good. Uh, there, there are definitely, like, stranger quests and other, other aspects of the story that I think are not great. But by and large, there weren't many times when I was kind of, you know, checking my watch to be like, okay, how long have I been doing this? You know, like, there weren't many times when I was sitting there thinking about the fact that I'm still doing this versus doing something else. And it sounds like, like maybe I, the, the content isn't particularly repetitive here in Red hmm. Dead either. It sounds like maybe at least, you know, from thing to thing, you're, you're seeing a lot of different stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference between a game you make in three or four years and a game you make in eight years. You know, you have sure. the time to sort of, like, flesh those things out in a way that, that make them feel individual as opposed to just the same thing in done in slightly different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, it, like I said, the vast majority of what I played in this game I, I felt like was worthwhile and meant to be there. Uh, and in the moments when I didn't, like, they they were more scattered than they were when I was playing something like Odyssey. Like, I think this game uses its length in a much more meaningful way than than odyssey ultimately did cool well that's all i got brad you got anything else before I you move into the there's so much in there that i'm sure there's half a dozen things i could ask about right now but i feel like you've hit the major points yeah like i if i were to go into granular detail about every system in this game we'd be here for another two or three hours minimum you know and i i feel like Ultimately, you know, it's not as much about the individual pieces of this game. It's the way they all fit together and work together to make this thing fly. That is why I, I'm genuinely very impressed with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it sounds that way. Uh, let's, uh, let's wrap it up then. Talk to me about a, a score here. What, what, are you, what are you thinking? It's not a perfect game by any stretch. Mm -hmm. It's got its problems. Uh, but I was very taken with the vast majority of what I play in this game. And I think that the scope and just the, you know, what is ultimately achieved here is ultimately pretty incredible to me. So uh, I am giving this the vaunted five-star rating. Cool. All right. Sounds impressive. Sounds big. Yeah. Large. It is both big and impressive. Big, impressive. Put it on the back of the box. 
Can you think right, of you can go. you yeah. you know you've you've reviewed a number of open world games over time. I know you've played plenty of others. I mean, can you think a of any shocking numbers? I'm re as I yeah. as I was going through my previous reviews, I, I've done a lot of open world games. There are a lot of open world games to go around. <laughs> and like yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to ask a leading question here. Like oh, there's mm -hmm. never been anything like this before. But like, uh, can you think of anything that compares just in terms of scale and variety here? I mean, especially with the backdrop of the game's production, uh, kind of uh, at the at the fore of everyone's minds lately. I mean, it feels to me like if if I had to put like a direct comparison, like this game is to Red Dead Redemption what GTA Five was to GTA Three. You know, like there is there's a framework that they are clearly working off of, mm -hmm. but it is everything enlarged to such a degree and built out to such a degree that they might as well be completely alien from one another. Uh, you know, as far as other open world games, like I think the recent Assassin's Creed entries, I think like Witcher Three. In terms of what they're trying to do, in terms of the way the world interacts with you, I think those those games have a similar notion about them, but I can't say definitively that I've ever played anything quite like this, in the sense that this is definitely a Rockstar game, there's no mistaking that, but the way they have enlarged everything, the way they have built out everything, is working in some, so much more harmony compared to really any other open world that studio has built. Cool. Okay, that sounds very exciting. Yeah. All right, Alex. Well, thank you very much for your take on Red Dead Redemption 2. And uh, that's going to do it for us here at Review Central, here at the headquarters, giantbomb.com's review land. Can we get like a, a train whistle in here, Review Central Station? Yeah. We'll get a rub, rub in here. Okay. Do some whistle tips. That'd probably Sweet. work too. Yeah. He likes Ocarina of Time, I hear. Well, there you go. Thanks, everybody, for uh, watching and or listening. We'll be back next time with more video game reviews. See ya.